0: Obviously,
1: you are not a golfer.
2: What
0: kind of beer do you like?
2: Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pack, spoon, ribbon!
0: You take drugs, Danny? Every yeah. day. Good. So, what's the problem? I oh, don't
3: know. I drink your milkshake! I drink it up!
0: a so bitch. You stole mine.
3: A candle, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get this show on the road. So, we're doing two each. Yeah, we'll do two each. Yeah, that works. All right. Good, great, grand, wonderful. Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. So he says wrecked him, damn near killed him. Coming into the final days of that clip, I think. I'll Are come you? up with something. Mm, I'll come up with something moderately soon.
2: <laughs> you got anything in mind? Uh, not really. Is it going to be funny? Well, I'm sure it will be. Is it going to be serious? I, mean, I got
3: plenty of quotes um, written down in my notes here for just to put on the show in general. But yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned on that. That voice you hear is Mr. Brett. How are you, sir? A.K.A. Wolfie T.
1: Well, I just feel
3: that we're all made exactly the way we're supposed to be. Oh, no. Hey, I I'm a Christian, and you ain't going to sit there and blame God for how you look, okay? Nice. Yes. Brett's new clip. Yep. I'm sure the audience is blown away. <laughs> and they're finally hearing a clip from Norbit. Norbit. They hear you talk about it so fucking much. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Don't blame God
2: for how you look is the, the gist of that, <laughs> <laughs>
3: that clip. <laughs> that it is. Um, moving on to Mr. Jason is back with us. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing fine. Thank
3: you. Jason's a legend, Jimmy. A legend.
1: What's the expiration date on that uh, that clip there? I don't know.
2: You can change it whenever you want. All
0: right.
1: Maybe will start Wait. looking.
2: you getting tired of it?
1: I don't know. It feels kind of uh, self-serving.
2: Kind of <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah, you'll have that. Kind of does. When did I switch to that fresh one? I don't remember. Because you may have had that Jason is a legend
3: logger, and I had mine.
1: Yeah, they might be around the same time.
3: Yeah, so you can just change it whenever you want. Just let me know. Mm -hmm. Cool.
2: You could change it every episode. Uh,
3: Well, (laughs) I'd prefer that you didn't. (laughs) But you could. It'd be more work for me, and then the rest of us are going to be self-conscious about our clips. Like, well, he changes his every (laughs) other episode. I I should probably change mine every episode, right. start one up in each other Alright, once once a month. I'll just stick with that, <laughs> and then we'll start having multiple
2: clips like i'm gonna I'm gonna do two clips. <laughs> Can you just play like five
1: minutes from this movie for me? You get a clip and you get a clip, and you get a clip. It's
2: All one right. of our favorite things. well, it was an Oprah reference, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know I feel like half the things you say are references that I don't get. <laughs>
2: I joke, I joke, I joke. Why you not know joke when you hear joke? Because <laughs> I haven't seen all this stuff. <laughs> well, he made an Oprah reference. No. With the you get a...
3: You get a joke and you get a joke. Because she was a giving joke. out cars. And I get
1: that one. Because I've seen I, that gif. Have you seen the one where she's giving out bees? Um, no, 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 no. No, she all was right. giving out cars. Google it. Oprah <laughs> bees <laughs> gif. Jif.
2: Don't say jif. <laughs>
1: I prefer GIF. But I, I prefer
3: GIF.
2: And then I said it's one of our favorite things, because that was Oprah giving away her favorite things.
1: See, so I would have so. thought you were referencing Sound of Music. No. Those are a few of my favorite things. It. You've never seen, you've never seen <laughs> Sound of Music?
3: No. You do watch a lot of old movies. You, you I'll get. You
2: I'll refer- probably get to it at some point. Although you don't really watch musicals, typically. Not a lot. Mm. Uh,
1: I've seen more musicals than I would have chosen to. Thanks to my mom. She was really into musicals
3: saw a lot growing up. Yeah. Well, I mean, any Disney movie you watch is a musical. Sure. Technically, I'm
1: talking about like live action
3: musicals. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, you know, a lot of kids in general watch musicals growing up. I think. Yeah. You watch more live action. You probably watch a lot of like Fred Astaire stuff and whatnot.
1: More like uh, Bing Crosby and Bing Crosby. I don't know. For sure.
3: I did like
2: Holiday Inn though. <laughs> pretty, pretty solid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> seen that one. <laughs>
2: White Christmas. Mm, sure. <laughs> Lincoln. South Pacific. Lincoln's birthday was something. something else. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the the movie? I haven't seen White Christmas. Is that a movie? Mm-hmm.
0: Musical.
1: Yeah, yeah. That,
2: that was a song, and
3: it was a song that was in the movie White Christmas. I don't know. Jones talked about that on a previous episode. I don't remember. About I saw it after terrible John. use of blackface in Holiday Inn because it was Lincoln's birthday. and they... He
2: was so excited about the blackface and how well it went on for <laughs> Lincoln's <laughs> birthday. He's like, we should do it for Valentine's Day.
3: Wait, who's this? Bing Crosby. Oh, Bing Crosby.
2: <laughs> he's like, not Alex. Not Jones. <laughs> I
3: was like, Jones was, he did no. not see that coming when he was watching <laughs> Holiday Inn. No, in the movie, he's like,
2: wasn't that a great blackface? Let's do it for Valentine's Day. <laughs>
3: it just seems out of place even for that movie a movie with blackface well it was
2: uh, he was trying to hide his new partner from his old partner and, uh,
3: mm. yeah wanted mm, to I keep see. her in the blackface <laughs> Yeah, it fit the story you'd have to see it. <laughs> yeah I'm sure it did fit the story <laughs> you'd have to see it um, alright let's get into it let's uh, do a little recently seen what did you see Clarice what did you see uh, let's go. Let's start, start with Jason today.
1: <clears throat> okay. I think I will start it off with Tully. Tully! Tully, Tully,
3: Tully, Tully. Tully. Is
2: 2018. It, is it about Tully Blanchard?
1: I don't know who that is. From, Tull- the,
2: from the Four Horsemen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't believe so. It's a wrestling reference, to, Jason. You used to tag team with Arn that, Anderson. That's the, that's a reference I definitely would not understand. I and mean, Arne
2: Anderson, they were the brain busters. I didn't know the reference either, but I knew it was wrestling because Brett brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only Tully I know.
1: Yeah. I babysat a girl with a dog named Tully. Mm. That's the only Tully I've ever met in my life or heard of.
3: Here's a fun fact. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here's a fun fact. little fun fact about me. Uh, so Tully, 2018... Director Jason, R- is it Reitman? R- yep. Reitman? Reitman?
0: Mm,
2: I always d- just yeah, say Reitman. That's right.
1: Written by Di- Diablo Cody, yeah. <laughs> not, not no. Diablo. No, it's Diablo uh, Cody. It's
3: Ivan's son, Ivan Reitman, who did oh. Ghostbusters. Uh, Jason Reitman is his son.
1: Okay. Uh, starring Charlize Theron, Mackenzie Davis, Mark Duplass, Ron Livingston. Uh, those are kind of the main characters. So, this movie is about Charlize Theron's character, a woman with two kids. One is kind of a special needs kid, and she's pregnant with a third. And she's really stressed out and overworked. Mm -hmm. And kind of the first half of the movie is just depressingly realistic. Mm -hmm. Like, just showing how crappy her life is, basically. So, I'm watching this, and I'm wondering, like, what's happening? Like, where is this going? Because there doesn't really feel like there's any conflict mm. and then uh Mackenzie's character comes in and she's kind of a, a nanny that's there to help out and stuff the titular character yep <laughs> that would be accurate so then like things are starting to get easier and stuff i don't know this this movie was, was not for me i'm not the target audience like i feel mm. like this this movie got really good reviews but i feel like all these people that really loved it are probably people that can really relate with that main character Mm. and probably have kids that, you know, stress them out a lot. And it felt like that was kind of the main draw of this movie. Like, since I'm not in that position to, I mean, I can sympathize, sure, but I don't don't have any big emotional reaction to this movie. So coming at it from that perspective, it felt like there just wasn't a whole lot to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you know, there's a little something that happens at the end that maybe was supposed to have a lot of impact or something, but to me it's like, uh, yeah, okay, I mean, sure, whatever.
2: I'm sure people who are really stressed about their their family life and kids like to escape by seeing a movie that displays (laughs) (laughs) that in great detail. Yeah. Very realistic. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean... Yeah, like it's not it's not an escapist kind of movie from that, but I could see how people could at least feel like, oh, I'm I'm being understood. Like this movie is you sure know, they know how I feel, that kind of thing. Maybe
3: someone who isn't like you know a closet serial killer could maybe empathize with characters <laughs> that they see on screen, <laughs> but you on the other hand seem to just have no empathy for anyone. Can't relate at all. Uh, all right. <laughs>
1: well, I look. I was. I, I just wanted to watch a good movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Also, and, another
3: reason you need to start watching trailers. Yeah, or I did figured out per, what kind of a movie anything is about. You, right.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, I did go into this not knowing anything about it except that it got
3: good reviews. So maybe <laughs> that was a mistake on my part. Just like every movie you watch, <laughs> sometimes there's movies that have bad reviews that you go and see, but that's the only difference. <laughs> Either they have you heard they have good reviews, or the, you heard they have bad reviews, and you know the title.
2: Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I walked into a theater. Looking for the movie Tully, that would, and then be surprised by what I saw. That might make sense, but because the Tully Blanchard thing—that's <laughs> a, a callback. Yeah. But,
3: to defend you a little bit, I, I will say that you know when movies like Star Wars or I don't know, in the Marvel movies or something, when they come out, like they'll have a trailer, you know, their first official trailer, and then they'll have like nine more mm-hmm. added footage, like each time, and then it gets to be way too much, and you start to, you know, movies you're really excited about. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have that much ruin for you, you know. You're just like, all right, I just need one trailer. That's it. Yeah, yeah. and they always show the best
1: parts, you know. Like if it's a comedy, they're always showing the funniest jokes because that's mm-hmm. what's going to get people in there. But then when you see that joke in the movie, it's not going to hit you the same way. You Although know? a
3: lot of times, especially over the past few years, uh, they do different jokes in the trailers than they do in the movie because mm-hmm. it's added scenes. Because the people who cut yeah. those trailers together get it before the movie is edited. Yeah, so they have all the raw footage. And they're like, "Hey, here, make a trailer out of this while we make a movie."
1: Yeah, you know. But have you noticed sometimes they put like the same joke in there, but it's a different, uh, different take? Yep. So it's mm-hmm. like that's not how I remembered it in the mm-hmm. trailer, but No. Yeah. yeah.
2: So what's your rating for Tully? Uh,
3: remind me of the ratings again. So A.S.A.P.'s at the top, followed yep. by Soonish, followed by Eventually, Eventually. Last Resort, mm-hmm. and Never.
2: Should get you a cheat sheet.
3: Yeah,
1: I should probably write that down.
2: Although I, I guess we can remind our listeners too, right?
3: What of the ratings? Of the ratings.
1: Yeah. See, there mm. you go. I'm Always I'm kid. their proxy.
3: But uh and
1: remember, I remember.
3: Eventually, is our is the middle rating, and right. it is our stamp of a you know like our official stamp of approval. Yeah. And even though we say eventually, if the movie is currently in the theaters, we recommend you see it in the theater. Yeah. Theaters are always the best place to see a movie. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, just keep in mind, I'm biased. Mm-hmm. No, that's clearly. like I said, this, you you can this, I, last this movie isn't aimed at me. I'm going to say last resort. All right. Because even, I mean, that, it just really felt like that was the only thing it had was that, mm-hmm. you know, people in that same position as the main character can relate to that. And maybe that's going to, you know, make them feel something about it. But it just seemed like there wasn't a lot of substance to it beyond that. Mm-hmm. So... It's a last resort.
2: Maybe you didn't like it because it was too female centric. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know why you would think that.
3: <laughs> he likes to stir the pot a little bit.
2: Yep.
1: He gets you nervous. I'll have to <laughs> add that to the list of things I need to talk yeah, about. Yeah. You,
3: you want to defend yourself right now? We right can, we can right get now, into it. Well, I've been talking for a while already. All right. We can wait so till we'll the next time around. Maybe or after
2: our first round here, we can.
3: Okay. Of a little intermission with Jason defending his honor. Sure. From
2: <laughs> from a month or so ago. <laughs>
3: yep. Alright, Britt, what did you watch?
2: Oh I'm not we're going this way this time. Yeah. I watched from nineteen seventy a movie called Brewster McCloud <laughs> Starring Bud Court, uh Sally Kellerman, Michael Murphy. William Wyndham, Shelley Duvall, Renee Abergenois, Stacy Keach, uh, Margaret Hamilton, Jennifer Salt, uh, some other people.
1: Sorry, when did you say this was from?
2: 1970. Okay, directed by Robert Altman. An introverted loner living in the bowels of the Astrodome. Plots to develop with the aid of a mysterious guardian angel, a pair of wings that will help him fly. This movie is—you might like it because it's a—it's a weird fucking movie. All right, I like that. It's—it's uh, it's old though. Yeah. So <laughs> it's—it might be. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, Brewster McCloud, he lives in the bomb shelter at the Houston Atchester Dome and uh he's I don't think he's supposed to be there, but he's building wings so he can fly like a bird. Meanwhile, there are a bunch of people dying all over Houston. So they bring in this ace detective from San Francisco to help solve the case. But like all the people when they die they're <laughs> getting swarmed by birds and they're all getting shit on. And uh, so they're like investigating the bird shit and stuff, so it's kind of a strange story. There's a lot of bird jokes <laughs> a lot of a lot of bird humor um and it's uh, like I said, it's very strange uh I thought it was pretty funny most of the way through. There's some parts that might drag a little bit, but uh overall. Very funny. It gets really meta at some points. Um mm-hmm. there's just some scenes in there where it's like, Well, that's different. So I would give it an eventually. Eventually. Uh it's Shelley Duvall's first movie, so and, and then Robert Altman uh did MASH that same year and I believe a lot of the actors from MASH are in this. Okay. I've never seen MASH, so mm-hmm. I read that though. But it's it's a, a quirky little movie. Uh, lots of fun stuff going on. It's a lot of funny scenes, just a a strange story, um. But uh, it's worth it. Uh, if you want to watch something like that.
3: All right. Well, I saw a movie from 2018 called Annihilation. So this was directed by Alex Garland. He was the man behind Ex Machina. So this was his follow up. Uh, also written by him as well. Um, stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, Benedict Wong, Sonia Mizuno, Oscar Isaac, uh, Gina Rodriguez, uh, David Ghazi. That's about it. Storyline. A biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. So... Natalie Portman is the main character, and her husband is Oscar Isaac, and he's part of the uh, army, and he goes off on a secret mission, and he's is missing for over a year, presumed dead. Everyone just assumes he's dead, and he, all of a sudden he shows up one day back at home, um, and he's not the same. He's in very poor health, and so she gets she goes with him, is kind of taken into the secret kind of government or, like, military base facility where something crash-landed on the planet and now there's, like, a big, they call it the shimmer. It's almost like a big force field that is very, like, like all the colors of the rainbow, kind of like you see the outside of a a bubble when you're blowing bubbles. You know, it's got that reddish-purplish hue. I mean, all the colors of the rainbow. Or, like, an
1: oil
2: slick. Yeah. Like a prism.
3: Yeah. So, think about, like... Just a bubble like that that is constantly expanding and swallowing more and more of Earth. Can you Basically.
1: see inside this
3: thing? Yeah, it's pretty translucent. But so what happens when
1: stuff gets, like, swallowed by it? Does it just disappear? Or
3: can That's why you, you got to watch the movie. Right.
2: Mr. Spoilers over here. I'm just curious. <laughs> well, You've got me
3: intrigued. Yeah, no. part, of the, part of the setup to the movie is that every team that they've sent into the Shimmer... Has not returned, mm-hmm. except for Oscar Isaac who was the only person that's ever come back. And well, he's not in good health. Well, he's so. Apocalypse, so. <laughs> he can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> he's been alive for over 2,000 years. and <laughs> He's got all the powers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I won't say too much more about it. Um, yeah, so, it's like a sci-fi thriller horror movie. Um, I did like this movie quite a bit. Uh, critics loved it. Uh, obviously, Ex Machina, you know, he knocked it out of the park with that. So he's returning to sci-fi. And uh, I'm going to give it an eventually right now. It could move up to soonish. Um, it's it's a movie that kind of demands multiple viewings um, to kind of fully grasp everything. A lot of out-there ideas in this film. I would definitely recommend you check it out. It's probably not in very many theaters anymore, but uh, it came out on Blu-ray DVD uh, not too long ago. This was one where... Uh, I forget which studio paid for it, but when they saw the final cut, they got nervous. like, this is going to go right over people's heads. People aren't going to like this. And so they panicked, and they struck a deal with Netflix. So Netflix actually released this movie on Netflix months ago, but not in the U.S., only internationally. Hmm. It was released theatrically in the U.S., but that's it. And it was kind of a limited release, and yeah, the distributor kind of got cold feet. I was worried about it, but...
1: Felt like it was going to go over people's heads like they wouldn't understand what's happening. Yeah, like, is like, that confusing?
3: I don't know. I mean, there's things at the end that are... You know, a lot of sci-fi movies, there's certain things that are open to interpretation. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. But... You're not going to be totally lost, though,
1: right? Yeah, I, I wasn't totally lost. So, this isn't in theaters anymore? It's You said it was out on Blu-ray and DVD already?
3: Yeah. Um, it came out on Blu-ray couple of weeks ago i believe hmm. let's see i here. feel
1: like i saw previews for it like not too long ago in the theater
3: because it w- was released uh february 23rd in theaters and i doubt it's february 23rd because put it this way okay it had a 40 million dollar budget and it grossed only 32 almost 33 million in the u.s
0: hmm.
2: did you so, say did you say it's one of those ones that was like in theaters and on demand it wasn't on demand time. though Because
3: I looked for it months ago, because at first I was looking at Netflix and I didn't know that it was only international Netflix Hmm. that was doing it. So then I tried like you know a uh, you know VOD service and none of them had it. So I just waited.
2: Interesting.
3: Yeah, I would definitely give this a look. See,
2: eventually.
3: Yeah. So yeah, Natalie Portman goes into the shimmer with a team of other ladies that are kind of at the tops of certain professions, you know. Um, Natalie Portman is a biologist, so there's, like, a doctor. There's, you know, they have different roles. But, yeah, they send in a team to see what the hell's going on in the Shimmer.
0: Hmm.
1: Would you say the story is as good as the visuals? Because in the previews, it just looked pretty cool. Yeah,
3: the visuals are pretty outstanding, even for, I mean, I'm pretty impressed with just a $40 million budget. You know, some of the stuff literally has to be CGI, you know, they use practical effects when they can, but a lot of the stuff they show is only possible through CGI. With feel like a lot of science fiction. And, yeah, it's they do a really good job with it. I, I was pretty blown away by the visuals. Hmm. You know, the visuals were outstanding and uh, Ex Machina as well. So, yeah, didn't stray from that. So, yeah, go out and see it. Okay. All right.
1: You sold me. You sold Jason. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was already interested in seeing that, but, yeah, you. Push me over the edge. Gonna see it. All
2: right. If only. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so <hurts>. mean. <laughs> Cuts deep. All right. Well, how about we just get into it? I want not you defend your honor? All Mason? right. Jason,
1: where do I even begin?
2: It's like Festivus in June.
3: <laughs> I have an airing of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> I you know. got a lot of problems with a lot of you people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> just gonna lay it all out there. All right, let's start with horror movies. Somebody said that well, I don't that's like... Well, not somebody. You can just... <laughs> Brett. <laughs> all right, Brett said I don't like horror movies. That's not true.
2: I said a lot of things.
1: <laughs> well, we, we could just cut this short if you want to just take it all back.
2: Dude, if you take everything I say seriously, you got problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Just hit the thing. He's
3: just so deadpan.
2: I joke, I joke, I joke. Why you not know joke when you hear joke? <laughs> because it wasn't a very good joke. <laughs> <laughs> just because you don't get it doesn't make it a bad joke. Mm.
1: Well, I love horror movies. Horror movies are great. I just think there are a lot of not great horror movies out there too. And that disappoints me, you know? Mm. It feels like... Well, so I've watched probably... Almost every horror movie on Netflix, right? <laughs> <laughs> and doubt it. No wonder you made horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not the best <laughs> sample size, but uh, it just seems like every time an amateur, like a, a lot of amateur filmmakers, think, "Oh, I can make I can make a horror movie. I'll just mm-hmm. do that. That's easy." But uh, it's it's not easy jump to scare. make it great. Exactly, jump scares abound, and. I mean, okay, I feel like the horror genre is difficult to really excel in because it's not quite as broad as a lot of other genres, right? A drama can be happy or sad or poignant or whatever. Like, you can tell a lot of different types of stories within the drama genre, but in horror, your goal is to be scary, right? You want to scare people. If you're not scaring people, it's not a horror movie.
2: Have you seen a horror comedy before?
1: Sure. <laughs> But that's a horror comedy. I'm talking about pure horror here. Oh, okay. And, uh, I mean, people have been trying for decades to find new ways of scaring people, you know? And jump scares are an effective one, but they're so common that these days, like, it's it's predictable. You know, when a jump scare is coming, it's and it might not hit you the same way that it would if you'd never seen a jump scare before. Mm-hmm. So I love when horror movies come up with a new way of being scary like we talked about um it follows right Mm -hmm. i thought that was really original and they they created a sense of dread that goes through the whole movie even when it seems like nothing really that scary is happening like there's just that Mm -hmm. underlying dread that's always there so i like horror movies i just think There are a lot of not great horror movies out there. Like, it really takes a lot to rise above, you know, average horror movies. Mm -hmm. All right. On to the next one. Old movies. (laughs) You hate old movies. I don't. (laughs) It was
2: a direct quote.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I definitely didn't use the word hate. I may have said something like, old movies aren't really my thing. Mm -hmm. Now...
2: No, uh, you didn't say that for sure. What did I say? <laughs> not that. Did I say I'm How not? You know I'm that? not really into old movies. No, I don't. I don't like old movies. I
1: didn't. There's. I wouldn't say something as definitive as I don't like old movies. Well,
2: stop being so wishy-washy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Take a stand. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, here's my stand. <laughs> uh, so, as any medium of art. The art of filmmaking has evolved a lot over the years. Sure. Yeah. Am I right or am I right? Or am I right? Am I right? <laughs> I am right. <laughs> um touche. I mean, along with that, like production values get better. You know, you can't really argue that movies these days don't look better than movies did fifty years ago. Case
3: in point CGI.
1: <laughs> They're just higher fidelity. We have, you know, no, 4K, I'm saying that it's
3: like the count. I guess I should have said case and counterpoint CGI because sometimes you know, throw a bunch of cheap CGI in. Yeah, it, it looks went, like dog shit. When sure, you rather have practical sure, effects, sure, even if they're shitty practical effects. Sure,
1: but I mean, you can make CGI that looks a lot more realistic than like mm-hmm. Godzilla did in the original Godzilla movies. Godzilla? You know, <laughs> I'm just saying stop motion animation doesn't look mm-hmm. as good as like it doesn't look as real. It takes you out of the story a little bit when it's very clear that something is—it's is, called,
2: called suspending you know. your disbelief.
3: <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> it is. Look it up. Google it. We could also get into the debate of film versus digital, because yeah. even different film stocks—you know—film got better over the over time, and even though now nobody even really uses film anymore, everything is pretty much shot on digital, unless you're mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan or Tarantino or mm-hmm. uh, a select few other people. And even if the
2: the movies look better, that doesn't mean the the story is better. That's
1: definitely true. Mm -hmm. That's definitely true. But I feel like for a lot of old movies, even if I mean they can be great, the story can be great, the acting can be great, everything about it can be great. But limit the limitations of filmmaking at the time can still kind of hold it back, or at least uh, make it less accessible to most people i mean if you just walk down the street and ask somebody if they want to watch this black and white movie like most people will just say no i don't i don't want to watch any movie that's in black and white mm-hmm. you know and that's not saying that that movie is bad but sure. people are used to a different type of movie these days mm-hmm. also with like I mean, pacing you know what, and what would just,
2: make it better lots of jump cuts and shaky cam
1: so I'm not going to argue that those are good things, of course, but that's what people expect. That's oh, what people no. are used to and what they like to see. And most people like to be, you know, they they don't want something that's completely different from what they're used to. Some people do. I like, you know, new, original, totally different things, but people are used to seeing certain things. Mm-hmm. People are used to a certain production quality. People are used to a certain type of... Uh, pacing like i feel like movies are a lot faster now than they used to be like you could have somebody watch a movie from the 50s and you know 20 minutes in there like this is so boring nothing's happening right mm-hmm.
2: so so you're talking about a lot about people thinking this but the argument was you don't like <laughs> old movies all right
1: so let me get to me personally old movies can be great like i said Acting can be great. The stories can be great. And the movie itself, just as a whole, can be really great. But it needs to be really great to stand out above all of the other old movies. The same way I was talking about horror movies. You know, it, it just takes a lot to make me want to watch an old movie. Like, it, it can't be an average old movie. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a really great one. And then I can definitely appreciate that. Well, we don't really
2: watch
3: average old movies around here. I, li- I like... Uh, he does sometimes. I like,
2: like bad... Old movies. <laughs> Below average, preferably. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: We also like the classics too. Although,
2: yeah. There are some that are really great that are I, I enjoy mm-hmm. too. But
1: like, well, okay. The movie that I made that comment after was Dead End Driving, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not. It's not even I mean, that it, old. It's
3: the 80s, I yeah. guess.
1: But 30, 30, 30, 30 years it's old. older than you. The medium has it's changed a, a lot bit. since then, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you show that to somebody now, they're. I mean, it's just, it wouldn't make it in today's culture or Mm.
3: movie. Although, I I find it more fascinating. I mean, if I was, like, 20 years old in the 80s and saw this, I think I would like it now, or I would like it more now than I would back then. Sure. Just because it's something that you don't see commonly these days. Yeah.
2: Yeah, There are some people that make movies that are like that. Like there's some on Netflix like that where they intentionally make them look like a 1980s Mm post-apocalyptic type feel.
3: Mm -hmm. And usually they're not very good at it, but (laughs) yeah, but (laughs) darn it. If they don't try depends, but yeah, for sure. Anyways, anyways. All right. I think there's one final thing you got to defend here. Yep. Last one. Why do you hate
1: Prince so much? (laughs) Yeah, let me let me refer to my notes. You have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs>
3: yeah, nice. <laughs> Did you pick that just for this? No, I've had it on it's, here. It's oh, been it's on part there. of my Minnesota reference clips. Nice. Where, where have you been?
2: He's played that like three times in the last month. Yeah, I don't know about that.
3: At least once. I don't think I've heard no. that one. I got three Minnetonka ones here.
1: <laughs> Prince. I know I've even said before I don't remember if it was on the podcast or at work or what, but I can appreciate the artistry of mm-hmm. Prince. All right, I've, I mean, I, I've known or at least met a couple of people that worked with Prince, and I respect them immensely, mm-hmm. and I respect Prince, and uh, he's great. Okay, but the music is not something that I would listen to in my free
3: time.
2: Why don't you uh, just admit you don't like them? <laughs> just say you don't like the music.
3: You know what? I think it's because it's old music. Just, just
2: <laughs> say you don't
1: like it. Part of it is, I mean, this is very much a parallel to what I was talking about with old movies. Like The, the medium of film mm-hmm. has evolved a lot over the time, and so has music. Mm-hmm. If you listen to a lot of Prince's big hits, they sound very 80s. He's using a lot of synths. He's using a lot of artificial drums that, I mean, were just around in music a lot in he the 80s. He huge bands,
3: like every time he played. Sure. Pianos but they're and still, multiple they're guitars.
1: Very and keyboards with, you know, synth yeah. pads and Have stuff. Have you seen his
2: guitar? It's pretty sweet.
1: He was an amazing guitarist. He also plays the piano
2: sometimes in certain songs. Yeah. on stage. He actually
1: I produced... Did, I should say. Past tense. I,
2: mean, for I think he, <laughs> he, he did all the instruments on some of his albums.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. He didn't. I mean, he produced himself, which is pretty much unheard of in the music world.
3: Sure.
2: No, it's true. If you don't like the music, just say you don't like the music.
3: VH ones. Don't feel peer pressure. Look, I (laughs) I make
1: music. All right, I know what goes into making music, and Mm -hmm. I, you know, I feel like I have a good sense of what good music is. And Prince's good music, like it, I mean, is just technically high quality. Mm -hmm. Right He's a great songwriter He's a great producer He's great He's a great musician In general But that music doesn't I mean I For for me to listen to music Over and over again Mm -hmm. And like listen to it Just for entertainment It needs to be more than just High quality music Like it needs to I need to have some Connection to
3: it It needs to make me feel something Right Do you Are you uh, nostalgic about any music? Nostalgic? Do you like uh, music Like, do you have some favorite bands and stuff from, like, the 80s and 90s? Like, stuff that you heard when you're growing up and, like, you still listen to, like, over and over? Like, oh, I love this song just because.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, that's true of, like, most people. Most people, the music that means the most to them is what they were listening to when they were teenagers. Like, as they were growing up, you know? Like, music therapy, you have, you know, these senior citizens in nursing homes that barely know where they are, and then you play them music from when they were growing up, and they'll, like, come to life and start singing along and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I, there's tons of music that I still listen to that's, you know, 20 years old. Yeah. Um,
2: but not 30?
1: Well, <laughs> I, so I was four years old at the end of the 80s. I wasn't really listening to a lot of music mm-hmm. at that time. Are you and I the
3: exact... Were you born in 86, like me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Same boat. See, I'm a big 80s guy, and I've always been very upfront about that so i don't i mean i'm not shocked that there's a big difference between like my 80s music and like movie love and your lack thereof yeah so you don't don't know
1: i didn't have a lot of exposure to 80s music when i was a kid like my parents well my dad i feel like just didn't i didn't play a lot of music around the house and my mom was into those musicals that i was talking about and she played piano so there was a lot of i
2: don't know
1: piano music like i didn't i didn't hear mm. 80s pop until i was in like high school or something you know so yeah. what
2: are like billy joel and elton john is that what you're saying i was
1: actually into billy joel a bit as a kid Yeah,
2: that's a shame
1: <laughs> yeah, i like <laughs> billy joel
3: what's
2: wrong with that it was billy joel
3: but no it's fine it's some good music you know if you don't you know you're not a big fan of 80s music you know that's fine you know it's. Perfectly fine, you know, there's a cold place in hell for people like you, but I didn't say I didn't like eighties <laughs> music either. Now we're getting we're gonna start
2: this whole other thing. If you're gonna get so defensive, this is not the place for you. are just, well,
1: just just we're just just let me get through this. <laughs> but I mean there are eighties songs that I mm-hmm. listen to, but they're probably like the very top of the eighties music. I mean even mm-hmm. at even at the time, like these were, you know, chart toppers. Which is probably the only reason I even heard most of them, or stuff that was in, you know, movie soundtrack or something that, you know, I
3: just caught my ear or whatever. But you respect the old Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, just running shit throughout the 80s. Sure. Did you ever uh, work with anybody who was affiliated with them? I don't believe so. No. no. I think that they. I believe they still hold the record for most number one hits produced ever. Do they? Mm, yeah, you can Wikipedia. It.
2: Not Dr. Dre.
3: No, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I mean, it is—it's two people, so it, you know, maybe that's why. Because Dre has only done you know well, so many, cause he's only one person. Tracks, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. It's all right, Jason. We still love you. You can still be on the show. Just, we just wish you shared our enthusiasm for rinse and per, for <laughs> prince. 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 He can't even get his oh, name right say here. <laughs> 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 For prince and purple rain. Alright, why don't y- For rinse and ripple rain? <laughs> <laughs> ripple pain.
2: Uh, now dry your eyes and let's go on to our next movie. You read that?
3: words you can't get.
1: <laughs> I hope the clip covered that up. <laughs>
2: no,
3: it didn't cover him up. Why? I didn't hear what he said.
2: So dry your eyes and get on to the next <laughs> movie. <laughs> Alright.
3: Um Yeah, Jason, what else did you watch? Uh
1: so the other one I watched, I think Jones already talked about, but Infinity War. Avengers. Infinity War. It's the full title title. Infinity War. Yeah. Twenty eighteen, directed by Anthony Russo, Joe Russo, written by Christopher Marcus. Uh starring Everybody that's been in superhero movies in the last 10 years. So, as I believe I've mentioned before, I haven't watched a ton of superhero movies. I'm kind of sick of them. Yeah. But I've seen, you know, a couple. I, I obviously recognized a bunch of people in this movie. There were people that I didn't recognize, but I like that they... I people are the characters are you talking about? Characters. Okay. I like that they kind of pulled them all together. Like, you didn't you didn't need to see... All of the superhero movies that those characters are from mm-hmm. to understand what's going on in Infinity War. But it feels like kind of the more that you have seen, the more it kind of adds to the experience. Yeah. You know? But I didn't feel like I was really missing out on that much by not knowing some of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I thought was kind of funny to think about is it feels like this movie is very connected to the current time in film, or at least in the...
3: General zeitgeist? Yeah. What's going on in
1: society? I mean, if you showed this movie to somebody in 20 years from now, when hopefully there aren't as many superhero movies, and they watched it, they'd be like, who the hell are all these characters, you know? Like, a lot of them only appear in a few scenes, and if you didn't know anything about the background of any of them, I mean... Iron Man and stuff there's some mm-hmm. you know big ones that people will probably recognize for a very long time but I could see somebody being like w- what am I supposed to be getting from this like what are all these characters doing but uh, in the current time knowing what most people know about mm-hmm. the superhero movies and stuff it was fun it was a good time I liked it the story was interesting it's fun seeing all the characters coming together a lot of and it's not even just the different characters from the different movies. There are a lot of li- different kind of elements. Like when you got the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in there, there's a lot more of that style of humor, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Bring back the kind of soundtrack of that kind of stuff a little bit, I think. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was a good time. I liked it. I think, did Jones give it in eventually? He gave it a last resort,
3: actually, but he didn't really? say he liked it. Although he, did, he 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 fell asleep in it. <laughs> he said he fell asleep. <laughs> he <said> he, fell <laughs> he was tired from I forget what he's doing. I think he saw it when he was on vacation or something.
2: Hmm. I can't remember. Well, He
3: said he went to the. Oh, he went to a later a late show.
2: No, you asked him if he went to the ten o'clock show, and he said no. I went on Thursday.
3: <laughs> no, I know he or, went to a. I asked him if he went on Thursday. He said no. He just. Went oh yeah, to a late then he show. went to the
2: ten o'clock. That's yeah. right. It was headed backwards. So it was
3: late, and he was tired, but. So I saw He didn't fall asleep for like the whole thing. It was like he was out for like ten minutes or he, something probably yeah. and like, oh I think I missed something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it was he enjoyed it, but he was like, eh, last mm-hmm. resort. Well, that's good. So if you want to give an eventually, perfect. Sure.
1: And uh
2: eventually.
1: The other thing that struck me about this is like I said, I haven't seen a lot of the superhero movies, so I don't know mm-hmm. kinda what level they're at as far as like high stakes or making the story bigger and bigger. Cause you know, superhero stuff, it's like you defeat an enemy and then the next enemy has to be bigger. Right. So I feel like there's kind of been a trend to the story and the conflict getting bigger and bigger. Right. And I mean, just the title to infinity war seems to imply that it's this huge war. Right. Yeah. Am I, am I on the right track? Well, here? Infinity <laughs> seems like a substantial amount of time. <laughs> it does. It's a pretty big number. So it kind of felt like, and if i really, if w- I really wrong, wish
3: the next one would be called Infinity War Plus One. <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> or double Infinity. <laughs> infinity times two.
1: <laughs> but it felt like, I mean, just, I don't know, seeing previews, seeing the title. It seems like if you're going to see a superhero movie, that would be the one to see. Be the bee's knees. The cat's meow.
2: The cat's pajamas. Like it's almost...
1: <laughs> Kind of encompassing all this stuff from all these other movies, you know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I don't know. The culmination. Yeah. So, uh,
2: I saw somebody on the internet made the joke. Yo, mama's so fat that Thanos had to snap twice, and I don't get it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. If you see the movie. <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> I might just watch it to get that joke.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you seen all the memes too. No. I mean, as soon as yeah, Infinity War came out, of tons
3: of memes. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel so good. And one of them was a spoiled uh, part of the ending for me, at least I believe. I haven't seen it yet, so technically I don't know if it was a real spoiler, but it was quite hilarious nonetheless, and I kind of applaud it, even though it partly ruined some of it for me. Yeah. I
2: just want to get that Yo Mama So Fat (laughs) joke.
3: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I did get
1: uh, some, I don't know. I, I guess it wasn't such a huge spoiler yeah, from those memes and stuff, just mm-hmm. random crap on the internet, I did get some spoilers for this movie.
2: All
3: right, Brett, what else did you watch? What's
2: next? So I watched a 2013 documentary called The Dog. What dog? Directed by Allison Berg and Frank Cuadron, something like that. Uh, it's a documentary portrait of the late John Wadowitz I believe it's pronounced whose attempted did they not say his name in the movie they did but uh, it's, uh, it's Polish it's spelled weird mm. uh, Whose attempted robbery of a Brooklyn bank to finance his male lover's sex reassignment surgery was the real life inspiration for Dog Day Afternoon this was pretty interesting uh, Wait, well, Sorry, what was that last part
1: you said? Dog Day Afternoon? Yeah. The, the movie what what Dog it? Day Afternoon. Okay. So what is the documentary about?
2: It's about the guy who inspired okay. the movie Dog Day Afternoon.
1: Have you guys seen Dog Day Afternoon?
2: Yep. Sure have.
3: Mm-hmm. I, have I have not. Nominated pa- for Best Picture. Al Pacino, Al Pacino plays
2: him in the movie. Hmm. It's about a bank robbery. <laughs> but it, it doesn't
3: go very well. John Cazale. Is that how you pronounce his name, Kazal?
2: Yeah, not sure.
3: Was he married to Meryl Streep or engaged? Because he died tragically young, but his like claim to fame is he was only in like five movies, and they were they all like were nominated for best picture. Yeah, <laughs> he was Fredo, right? Yeah, it's Fredo in The Godfather. Oh, he's yeah, also you, in The Deer Hunter. You haven't seen The Godfather, have you? Um, he's in the yeah, he's in the yeah. So yeah. he's, he's in Godfather one and two, The Deer Hunter, Dog Day Afternoon, and there's one other movie forget but yeah he proceed. had a hell of a
2: career before yeah. he died hmm. so anyways this uh john waterwitz uh, i'm going with that pronunciation uh basically kind of starts off with they have a little bit of his upbringing but it, it really starts uh like when he meets his first wife and then uh he goes into uh how he was drafted into the military and how he kind of learned that he was gay um Although he's a self-described pervert, so it's kind of like listening to Jim Norton talk for <laughs> for an hour and a half. Uh and uh he really comes off as a, as a pervert. Uh so he's kind of a, a weird dude even more kind of out there than what uh Al Pacino portrayed him as in the movie. So it kind of has like the events in his life that that led up to the bank robbery. Um, and he kind of talks about how he got the crew together and and uh, the aftermath and whatnot. And the, uh, then he kind of tours around New York City and the different spots that were uh, important events in his life took place. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. Um, Dog Day Afternoon is a really good movie. Um, so to kind of get that perspective, I thought it was... Um, pretty great um so i'd give it an eventually especially if you've seen the dog day afternoon and enjoyed it
3: yeah, it seems like a nice little supplemental piece to it
2: yep eventually kind of a crazy dude He's kind of out there
3: yeah all right well i'm gonna wrap it up with a film that was or i should say it was at some festivals i believe in 2016 and then was released shortly thereafter and then into 2017. So it wasn't here in the States until at least mid-2017, if not later. Uh, It's called Lady Macbeth. It's directed by William Oldroyd, starring Florence Pugh, Cosmo Jarvis, uh, Naomi Ackie, Christopher Fairbank, Paul Hilton, uh, Golda Rashuvel, uh, Ian Cunningham. That's about it. Storyline. In 19th century rural England, a young bride who has been sold into marriage discovers an unstoppable desire within herself as she enters into an affair with a worker on her estate. So this is actually based off of a Russian short story that was in uh, Dostoyevsky's... Uh, he had a magazine correct there's some sort of magazine that I, I read that this was like published in said magazine I forget the name of it but and also the character lady macbeth is partially inspired by the lady macbeth from Shakespeare's macbeth so there is multiple i guess inspirations at play here and I have not read the short story uh but I could say this is there is a couple parallels I could draw to Shakespeare's macbeth with this so the main girl names Catherine played by Florence Pugh is Lady Macbeth. (laughs) Yeah. She's basically, you know, a young woman with that's kind of sold into marriage to a man who's twice her senior or at least, yeah, about maybe 20 years her senior. So which would be twice her senior, I guess. But, um, yeah, kind of a loveless marriage. She's just kind of supposed to stay in the house all day and be a good wife, you know, get naked for him at the end of the night and, you know, she doesn't have to cook because they have slaves, or I don't know if it's a slave. It's definitely you know she's a. They have a couple of
2: got some peons working for them.
3: Well, I mean they're both they're both black. There's there's a chef and there's a, a maid, and I'm not sure if they're paid or not, but oh. they're definitely not treated well. So, <laughs> I I doubt that they're paid much if at all, because this is in you know England, in the 1800s so. I guess I'm not sure when when, they stop having slaves. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. So I'm not sure if it was just terrible conditions or it was actual slaves. But either way, not a good deal for her um, and the cook. But, uh, yes, there's a kind of a stable hand that she begins an affair with. And I'll leave it at that and just say shit gets cray cray. Um, Things escalate from there. And I love this movie. Uh, I it was it's short it's like just an hour and a half like an hour and 29 minutes and Florence Pugh's uh, performance is amazing I've never seen her in anything before I believe she is kind of a newcomer you know she is was born in England so she's done some things over there you know things that I'm not familiar with but she knocked it out of the park in this movie she definitely could have been nominated uh, for an Oscar for this Um, I guess maybe I'm not even sure why she wasn't. She's pretty incredible in here. Uh, I would call it a soonish. Soonish. I would say go out and see it pretty damn soonish if you can. Um, I saw it, I I believe I, oh yeah, I watched it off of HBO. It's on HBO right now, but um, yeah, rent it, buy it, go out and see it. Although, you know, you do have to be a fan of kind of Shakespearean type tragedies. You know, this isn't a movie where there's a lot of, Fun moments, I guess. If, you, uh, if you're if you a fan of Shakespearean tragedies, then, yeah, this would be up your alley.
0: Hmm.
2: So I just saw uh, she's in uh, the upcoming movie Fighting With My Family, which is based on the uh, life of WWE wrestler Paige and her family, produced by The Rock. Hmm. And I think she might play the main character, actually.
3: Huh. That's weird. So... Comes out in uh, 2019. Must be a big production.
2: Yeah, they started filming it a while ago. They were doing promos for it over, I think it was WrestleMania weekend. Like they showed the trailer or like a clip from it like three times a show for five shows in a row. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But but apparently it's not out till 2019. All right. It's a biography, comedy, drama.
3: So, yeah, look out for Florence Pugh. She's born in early 1996. So, she is just 22 years old.
2: Stephen Merchant is uh, directing and wrote that movie, too, Fighting with My Family. Really? So, yeah, must be a pretty big production.
3: All right. Anything else you want to add, Jason?
2: Bonus fact Nope.
3: Think you should I'm check there. out that Lady Macbeth.
1: I put it on my <laughs> list,
3: actually. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that'll do it for us. Please reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo dot com. Check out our website at WTMWatchthismovie.com. Uh please rate and subscribe on or sorry, rate and review, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. Do it. Yeah.
2: Do it. You should get that clip. Do you have star skin Hodge?
3: Do it? No, I don't have it. <laughs> it's probably not worth it. <laughs> now, we'll just settle with uh, Check You Later.
2: Guess we'll see you around. All right, Check You Later. Bye. Later. Wait, man,
1: why
0: are you always such a dork, man? What are you
3: talking check about? You... Check You Later.
1: Check You Later.
0: Hey, man, you lost off my case.